welcome to Taking a Walk, an excursion to converse, connect, and catch up at a cool location with some of the most interesting people you can find. Here's Buzz Knight. We're here in beautiful Hudson Valley, New York, in the town of Rhinebeck, and I'm so excited to be taking a walk with the awesome Peter Himmelman, Emmy and Grammy-nominated songwriter, author, artist, founder, and one of the coolest people I can't wait to meet up with to take a walk. Well, Peter, I am so excited to meet you, and I'm so excited to be taking a walk with you. It's a good day for a walk. It's, it's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's frosty. I'd say it's bracing. I'm trying to get these donkeys' attention. We're <laughs> this this a mother and daughter donkey setup. I don't have a carrot with me, but sometimes she'll come without a carrot. I'll sing her a song. Hey, donkey. What's going on? Tannin, brown donkey. Could be too early in the morning. That song wasn't really, didn't seem to really excite her. We'll move on. They didn't have their coffee. The song <laughs> no, was good. No, they didn't have the coffee. I think sometimes the coffee is the key, especially for the donkeys, right? Yeah, yeah they need something. The thing about donkeys is, just like they say, just like the stereotype, they're stubborn. You can't really call them or boss them around. They're also very intelligent, and they also need to have, if you buy a donkey, you need to buy two, because they get really lonesome. Well, Peter, I am so glad to meet you, and so excited that we're taking a walk. Thank you so much for the time. Well, it's my pleasure. It's a beautiful day. I mean, I was prepared for uh, for downpour sleet hail. Reminds me, too, when... I once read one of these books that people read in the bathroom. Yes. It's one of these, it was called Wisdom for Men. And I'm like, well, this, you know, you're in the bathroom, you've got time. And, well, what's this all about? And it was not so great, but there was one thing that caught me, and it, it, it changed my entire life. It's just one little thing. There's no such thing as bad weather, only different types of weather. <laughs> and all the weather is good. So sometimes you say, well, it's a crappy day out. No, it's, it's really not. Is a gray, silvery sky that much worse than a sunny sky? No. So it's made me open up to whatever the day brings just a bit. So how do you use taking a walk to uh, help you in a creative process or just how to start the day off? Yeah, I, I walk a lot, um, aside from other physical activities. Just, you know, walking is, uh, well, first of all, I think I have a tendency, like a lot of people these days, to kind of be completely lost in my intellect. But uh, there's something about the visceral part of our being, the temporal part of our being, that gets into the picture, as it naturally should, when you're walking. And that actually influences the thoughts. It kind of calms them down and makes things a little bit more clear. Think of things that you wouldn't think of otherwise. It's almost like uh, Jane's addiction in the shower thinking. I always like that song. Yeah. Everyone does it. That has to do with the idea of, you know, at least the, the concept of why it is that people have thoughts in the shower. 
it's not often, it's not uncommon, but it's not often that we're nude and have this warm water falling on our bodies. Um, it causes a differentiation in experience and therefore a differentiation in, in our thought process. I was thinking of two things for me personally that interfere with taking a walk. I don't know if this resonates with you. One is you're off on that walk and then suddenly you discover, oh my God, I got this pebble in my shoes. I, I had a pebble in my shoe this morning. Well, I mean, you got lace-up shoes, so that's different. I just got a boot and I kicked it off. <laughs> and then the other one, the dreaded, the sock that's misbehaving. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's my experience with the misbehaving sock, which I had this morning as well. It usually lasts only about a minute and a half. It, it, it calms down very quickly. Let's see, we can walk over the pond. And see, this is where, this morning, there's this semi-mythical creature, although it's real. Um, just gives the illusion of being mythical, called a, a blue heron, which alighted here on this pond. There it is. Oh, yeah. That's the other one. Look at that. There were two of them. Oh, my God. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah. It almost like looks like a pterodactyl or something. Oh, with softer feathers. Amazing. Spectacular. And you wonder, like, how does it get aloft? And, yeah, that's it. It's, I don't know, it's pal took off about 15 minutes earlier. And when you see uh, a sight such as that, doesn't that set the day up? It does. I mean, especially that, that I just think that it's a, it's a good omen. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, we could make up what what it is. We could just improvise, you know, that something that feels very weighty and and gray is actually can be very light and can can ascend, transcend all sorts of heavy problems and things like that. And turns and looks at you and winks and blesses the whole day. I love that. I don't know that it winked, but I maybe it did. I say it did. Maybe it did. Yeah, it did. probably winked. I say it did for sure. Wow. Yeah. So do you uh, have a particular time of the day for you that uh, you find your most creative time? Yeah, probably like this in the morning. Um, I like to get going and pretty early. Um Sometimes I'll, you know, have a kind of a set routine every day. Get up and, you know, I I uh, do some prayers every day. In the morning, it takes me about 45 minutes. Then maybe I'll exercise a bit or walk. And then I get to work. I answer, you know, letters and emails and write a bit, strum a guitar. It's kind of like a fireman, you know, the life of a, of a musician or artist. There's a lot of sitting around, you know, eating chicken, waiting. When the fire bell goes off, maybe that's analogous to a gig or you have to deliver a song or write a song, then you're on it. But there's a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say it's just kind of wasted time, but it's time spent in thought. And in some ways, because people have such harried lives, they almost count on, well, what, what is the report from an artist who has in her life 
uh, time to reflect. She, you know, this is her, her vocation. And uh, <clears throat> they almost do that kind of work of reflecting for us. It's, it's a gift, right? Yeah, I mean, it's an expensive gift, too. I mean, because, uh, you know, there are other opportunities, I suppose, for people with jobs that have more security or pay more. It's not for everybody. It's not for the faint of heart, I don't think. When you got back after all the break from, I won't even say the word, but mm-hmm. that thing yes, that glad kept you us off, the, right. uh, off the, the grid, when you f- came back to those first performances, I know I know you had one at City Winery as an example. How did that feel? Can you describe that? Yeah, I mean, there was just been a few of them. Um, when I, right before I was going to do the gigs, as I'm practicing, I thought, well, man, this could... This could almost be like emotional. Um, could get, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking that it might strike me as like not having seen a friend for 50 years or something. But being on stage, it was it was more than that. It was it was uh, it was joyous, and it didn't have all sorts of uh, emotional content. It was simply joyous and uh maybe that's what i like most about being on stage it's this this guy that the inner guy in me that comes out of his cage for an hour and a half you know even now he's out of his cage slightly because you know don't tell anybody but this is i'm i'm aware that it's a performance of some sort but he's not quite out of the cage like on stage (laughs) gotta be very transparent on these things yes but the thing about music, and I'm not a musician, I just love music, but the thing about music that is so incredible is its unifying spirit, its ability to lift you up, its ability to touch you. And I think during certainly the difficult times, any difficult times, we all come back to music, don't we? Yeah, well, we should well, we'll walk this way. And I feel my these boots are no longer waterproof. So <laughs> soaking through my misbehaving sock. Uh, you know, the thing about music, not to get too abstract, but it, 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 it always has interested me, sort of like, well, why is music, as opposed to, say, architecture or art or dance, why is music so popular? Why did they make the iPod and why are, you know, Spotify not for pictures of sculpture? And uh, you could say, well, the technology supported music, that's why we have it. But obviously that's not the case. The technology was made to fill a desire, a need for music. And the best answer that I, you know, stumbled upon was that music in in that it has no physical form, it has no temporal shape, it is, it's invisible. Even the, the, the waves, the sound waves, which essentially are what music is caused from, they're not visible, and nor do they contain music, they just stimulate the eardrum. There's something about it on that level that really uh, connects to something of the spiritual. And in some way, that is why Every human being, in my mind, is hungry for transcending themselves, the moment, looking for something better, something more, some acknowledgement 
all these things have to do with you know spirituality writ large we fill ourselves up with all sorts of things but they never do they never sate and things like uh, love and friendship and communion and walking in the sense of in the nat- in nature feeling the grandeur of things that's a, certainly akin to spirituality music in that sense of it being formless is exactly that and there's different kinds of music certainly and there's different qualities of music so not every music turns you know everyone on but um, you know I wake up in the morning when I start my workouts lately in the last couple of months and I put on Claude Debussy and it's very dreamlike it's a way to wake up I might move into like little Lightning Hopkins and a little Nina Simone I put on Tower of Power yesterday uh, the bass player kills me sometimes their lyrics seem a little hard you know it's a little trite but man the groove is so so good and uh it changes me. It can hypnotize a person. And it motivated you to take on the Good Songs podcast with your son, correct? Well, actually, what motivated me to do that is my son has just got a lot of good ideas. He said, hey, why don't we do this this father-son thing? And here's how we're going to do it. And everything, I just stood there in front of the mic. So <laughs> that's all on him, you know, my son Isaac. But it was out of certainly the mutual love of music. Too, yeah, right? yeah, and just certain ways that he and I have connected since he was a kid over music and the kind of the conversations we've had about it, you know, both technical and sort of this more abstract philosophical idea that we've been talking about now. I watched your uh, Impermanent Things uh, TED Talks, which was spectacular. Um, you just have such a command up there and you told such an amazing stories. I really thank you for that. Um, do you have any future ideas on how to maybe bring something similar forward to inspire and excite people? Well, you know, I've been doing since 2011. I, I created this, I guess you call it a company, it's called Big Muse. And uh, I just, you know, I like to just make things, so I just started it, you know, and uh, I had a thought as to, well, I wonder, because my kids were going to school, uh, all into private colleges, kind of one after the other. I've been doing a lot of television and film scoring, and I was getting a little hard on my back, you know, sitting in a lumbar support chair for 12 hours a day. So I just was thinking, I'm, I wonder that what, could my experience as a musician, having made, you know, many records and toured around in a bus or a van or a car, or whatever the budget allowed for, could these experiences have yielded insights that might be valuable to businesses and then I found a couple friends and or fans that brought me into their company and um, and it's it's grown I've done so many different companies now from Boeing to 3M Gap Coca-Cola traveled all around the world and worked with the United States Army 
And what it is is uh, it's hard to explain exactly what I do. I mean, people want their employees to be more, quote, creative. And creativity is, that's almost a word like you wouldn't say the, the, the word for the thing that we went through for two years, and hopefully it's just two years. Even that word creativity, you have to use it. But it's kind of meaningless in a sense. And, and to me, it's a state of mind that is not bounded by uh, fear. That every, every human being, not that you're going to be a master necessarily at anything, but to, to, to one extent or another, if you can push aside your fear of judgment, you will, there's, the, there's the heron again. There it is. Yeah. That guy's got zero fear of judgment. He's just flying. He's <laughs> right. doing it. Yep. He knows he's this. He knows it's it. Yep. Yeah. He, he knows was... how to get over those wires too. Oh yeah. No See, effort. No effort. But if you can push that fear of judgment aside, your native creativity will flourish in abundance. So those, I do some sessions with music and things, and first try to get myself into a mood, which is. That's the that's the nature of the game, you know. The performer has to like be there first and lead the way, and then get others to to uh, sort of find some spark in themselves. A lot of people in the corporate world, if I ask, you know, who among you would consider yourself like highly creative, um, they often think of people that are creative as people in the arts. And I do try to make a point that people in the, quote, arts are often in a very uncreative phase, too, where they're repeating what they've done over and over. So every human being can consider themselves, you know, potentially super creative. And while there's not a lot of hands raised in the beginning of the session, I feel I'm highly creative. At the end of the session, sometimes I'll ask, you know, has there been a change? And, they're, you know, m- most of the people are raising their hands, it's gratifying to me. And the sessions can be pretty funny and super emotional. And, you know, when we're playing live and together, I come with a band and it's pretty exciting stuff. I think now more than ever, it seems there's a, a need for what Big Muse uh, yeah, offers. I, I think, think people yeah. are down uh, these days in the workforce. Yeah, I mean, look, people are... You know, the attrition rate is high. People are leaving their jobs, and uh, I could totally understand why. They're looking for something better, more meaningful. They're looking at the clock and saying, how much time do I have here, and do I want to be doing this? I mean, I, I think I was always doing pretty much exactly, should we walk the road? Sure. I thought I was always will walk on this side just for safety in case giant trucks come around. I thought I was always doing pretty much what I wanted to do. And then if it got a little stultifying, I moved on. I also think there must be something to the magic of collaboration around music that leads to workforces understanding the collaborative process as well. Yeah, is that right? It's totally identical. I mean, along my journey, because I never went to school, I never went to college, I did get, uh, somebody offered me a fellowship to study at Kellogg School of Management at the University, uh, Northwestern University. I was like, ah, I don't know, it's going to be weird. I don't know the terms, you know, ROI and all this business stuff. <laughs> 
but it was uh, it was really a, one of the highlights of my you know the last decade perhaps and what I learned there was uh, is that everything that they're teaching leadership you know uh, innovation resilience all that stuff we we learn in a van you know as kids going around touring around the midwest there's nothing that they were except for some economics courses and things like that but most of it was what we already kind of knew and and in a sense that you could say well you didn't really learn anything but the learning there was more of a sense of confirmation which is pretty important this is stuff that you know and and that you uh, you've kind of already been through, even though it has another name. Yeah, sometimes labels <laughs> are just you know thrown out there, and uh, the true story really is uh, you know leading life, right? Right, right. I mean, you know, the label can be misleading, mislabeling confining, constricting. So in closing, what are you looking forward to about 2022? Well, I have a, uh, a grandchild now, so that's changed a lot. And, uh, you know, one thing we learned over the past, you know, a couple of years is not that any of us didn't think family was important, but it certainly brought shine a light on you know how important it can be so spending time with family I have a second book that I've finished I got a note from my editor today that you know she's like I think we're come I think we're done you know I think my work is done and uh, I had started that book about creativity and a second I I wrote another book in uh, 2017 called let me out wanted a follow-up and the first notes that she had given me, this great editor, she said, look, uh, you know, I've been through the Let Me Out, I've been through this book. It's not about creativity, it's about spirituality, which was part of the reason it was taking me so long to finish. You know, you have to kind of admit to what it is. So uh, that's, I guess, called right now uh, Grow gratitude, reverence, openness, and will, the four essential elements of spiritual courage. And it's uh, it's a lot about what I think about, and it's a lot about what I talk about in my big muse sessions, and it's kind of a lot about what I write about in all, in all my songs through, through, you know, three decades. Boy, that sounds like, uh, first of all, finishing a book something to be proud of yeah the books it's not a record album which you know like you plan in a couple you know I could do that this is this is a big bear you know yeah so congratulations on on that and uh, I'm sure 2022 is gonna take you to many other different places uh, as part of your journey but uh, I really am tremendously grateful for you uh, welcoming me here and uh, taking a walk. My pleasure, Buzz. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>